This is 680-CJOB. Thank you for tuning into 680-CJOB and joining me here on The Main Ingredient, Winnipeg. One great city. It's more than just a song and more than just a sign. It is now Winnipeg's newest brew pub located in Madison Square in St. James, 1596 Ness Avenue. I sat down with John, Diego, and Tim, the guys running this great new brewery, before it opened when they were literally busting their humps building the place to find out what motivated them to start this new adventure. So let's talk about um, one great city. Okay, so what's going on with it? What's going on? <laughs> I don't have any flamboyant way or flamboyant question to ask. Again, like I told you, there is, you guys are doing your stuff in the building. People are looking to see what's going on. Your sign has gone up, right? Yep. Sign has gone up. Gotten a bunch of emails about what's going on in there. This nice little, you know, space. <laughs> so first of all, let's, let's talk about the name. How do we come up with that name? One great city. Well, John and I, um, we were sort of talking when we initially started this project and we were trying to come up with a name and it was sort of based on uh, what we wanted this business to be. So John and I both grew up in Winnipeg. Uh, I moved to Toronto for a couple of years. John moved to Vancouver for a couple of years and both of us kind of felt the pull back to Winnipeg. So we were trying to figure out like what is it that uh, that draws us uh, draws us back and you know it, we, we kind of got to the fact that it's it's the people and it's that you know it's that one great city when I was when I was living in Toronto I kind of always felt like I was swimming against or diagonal to the current whereas here I just I feel like you know you could just float and it's it's natural and so you know one great city kind of describes why we came back you know uh, the the people that uh, that make it great and for us you know we remember it being the old city motto uh, that when we would drive into the city after a, a vacation um, you know you'd see it on the yellow oh, and gold yeah, sign one right. great city yeah yes. <laughs> and you went on a road trip with your friends to the US right and you come back road trip to the US if you went out uh, if you went out west to go skiing yeah. you know and anything like that you'd always see it when when you came back and uh, so that's what it was for us but it's funny because um, you know those signs came down I don't know how many years ago now but there's a generation after us that they just associate it with the weaker than song and right. um you know that's if you google such it that's what comes up yeah times. yeah for sure so i mean that that's that's great too because it's a great song mm-hmm. and it kind of you know it, it talks about you know when i would listen to that song when i lived in toronto it was hard for you know to describe it to people sometimes because they're like yeah but they're saying i hate winnipeg yeah but that's what people say but they really love it so if you're not from that here it's hard to true, understand it? yeah like, you yeah have to leave to come back you have to leave to realize how good it is and then you come back well, that's absolutely it. And to touch on what Tim was saying, you know, when we were in our teens and younger and you'd drive out to Grand Beach on the weekend and come back, it was always one great city and you'd kind of look at each other and laugh about it and be like, oh yeah, Winnipeg, that's uh, that's how they think of us. And then Tim and I both left. So I went to Vancouver, he went to Toronto thinking, you know, we'd go on to a bigger and better place. And it's not till you leave that you realize how great Winnipeg really is and it's the people that make it. So it's... Uh, an homage to that and it's it, it took us to leave to to realize what we had here and you know we want to come in and pay a tribute to that and uh and make the city a better place build a community with the brew pub you know keep a uh, long-term staff and start doing good things or people are proud of a location in the city that they can bring their friends to it is a good location diego how did you uh get involved with these two riffraffs <laughs> well i i started working in the beer business in 2013 um, so I kind of started seeing the growth um, of the industry in the city. Um, 
last year when I uh, I, I was in my last job and I I wanted a little change of pace. Mm-hmm. So uh, you did not leave. You've been in, in Winnipeg this whole time. Yes. Yeah. So last year I, I left my previous job in June. Uh, took some time off. Uh, you know to. You know, just to refresh a little bit, uh, went on a road trip out west, got to experience a lot of good craft beer out there as well. Uh, and then when I came back to the city, um, I had been talking to the guys at Torque. I had been talking to Tim and, and John over at One Great City. Um, you know, I, I had all the contacts with the craft beer guys. Um, and it just happened that the, the timeline worked out and, uh, you know, they brought me on board and I'm very happy to be part of it. And uh, it's a very exciting project for me as well. well. I think it's going to be a good thing. So let's talk about your time away, John. First, you went to you're in Vancouver. That's correct. Yes. And what were you doing out there? I was cooking. So I went out there and uh, I went to culinary school at the Pacific Institute of Culinary Arts and kind of uh, lived in both White Rock and Vancouver, which is just south by the by the border there, just south of Vancouver. And um, really? my brother lives in White Rock. Okay, great. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. So great food scene out in Vancouver. Uh, learned a lot very quickly working in some of the higher end kitchens there. You mm-hmm. you get pushed to your limits and you're, there's a lot expected of you and it's a great experience. Um, obviously, financially, it, it was it was a tough city to live in, especially being totally. in the kitchen. So yeah. something I always wanted to do was come back to Winnipeg and open my own restaurants after being there for a, a couple of years. Like that wasn't your intent? When you that wasn't there. my intent. When I first went out there, I thought I was going and I was going to stay. And then about maybe two or three years into it, I, I really kind of knew I was going to want to come back and plant some roots back here in Winnipeg. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, Vancouver never really felt like home for me. So I, I always wanted to make that return here and, you know, bring something to the city that wasn't currently available and kind of watching the food trends in Vancouver translate to Winnipeg. It takes about, you know, four to five years for things to come from out West and progress out here. I think it's happening quicker now. Right. I think so too. It was, for me, it was a big advantage working in a city like Vancouver and gaining that base of knowledge there of, you know, what's doing very well and then trying to come back to my hometown and do it. So, uh, I really enjoyed my time out there, but, uh, people and living, it just, it wasn't home. It didn't feel right. And I eventually made the, the call and moved back here and started, uh, looking into this opportunity with Tim. I do like the fact that you guys come in and you're all sawdusted up. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll you we got work to do. What do you want? Make, make a snappy, all right? We're going to take a little break and return with more from the boys from One Great City, Winnipeg's newest brew pub slash brewery, which is open at Madison Square, 1596 Ness Avenue. I'm going to get all up in Tim Hudick's business to find out how a lawyer in Toronto convinces his lawyer fiance to pack up and leave her job to make beer in Winnipeg. All that and more on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. The Main Ingredient continues here on 680 CJOB, and I'm talking to the boys from One Great City Brewing Company, which is now open in Madison Square, 1596 Ness Avenue, and now I'm talking to Tim, Toronto lawyer turned brewery owner. Tim, let's talk to you now. You're a very interesting cat to me. Like, you know, <laughs> we got, you know, West Coast boy over here, and now we got East Coast, you know, or, you know, Toronto, which Toronto is a, con- a concrete jungle. And you're a lawyer in Toronto. Lawyer in Toronto moves back to Winnipeg to start a beer company. <laughs> it's just, and your fiance's a lawyer too. Well, she is. I mean, uh, that's kind of one of the public services we do is lawyers shouldn't be allowed to date the general public. So when they marry each other, it's, it saves no, the general like, public. Hey, how about you? <laughs> exactly. So we try and pair off. Um, no, my, um, 
I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I really, I had a, a fantastic job. I worked at a, a great firm in Toronto and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you, you know, starting, um, starting my own business was sort of always something that uh, I felt kind of a, a pull towards. You know, even when I started, uh, you know, I started articling at a large firm and went to a smaller firm thinking that would it would be more entrepreneurial and it might scratch that itch, but just didn't quite get there for me. And, um, you know, one of the things I saw in Toronto was, you know, you had these neighborhood breweries that would pop up. Um, you know, there was one in my neighborhood where I lived in Leslieville. It was called Left Field. And, you know, it was the kind of place it was, it didn't have a lot of seats, but you could bring your food there. You could bring your dog there. Um, you could watch, watch a game there. Um, and you also saw the larger brew pubs. And, you know, I started looking into, well, why why is this able to happen in Toronto? Why don't we see this in Winnipeg? So I sort of started looking into what it would take, and I saw that um, there was a change in regulation, and so I, I reached out to, to John because we'd known each other for a number of years, and I knew we wanted to start a restaurant, and this was you know, too big a behemoth for one person to really take on starting sure. the, the, the whole brew pub, let alone just a, a brewery. He's in um, Vancouver at the time? You reach out, he's in Vancouver? Uh, he I was, was living in back in Winnipeg yeah, okay. at this time, so... Right. But I would come back for, you know, Christmas, I'd come back for holidays in the summer. So, you know, I'd see John a couple times a year and I knew that he was looking to eventually start his own restaurant. So um, when I was looking to, um, you know, make the move, that's, you know, naturally that was the, the person that I would reach out to. He had all this experience. He had all these great recipes and, you know, he was the kind of person where, you know, you could, you, you could rely on him. So he was kind of a great business partner to have. So it was just natural that I would reach out to him when I was thinking about starting this. So we, you know, I, I, I still own my job, but we sort of spent our evenings and weekends for about a year working on this project, you know, business plan, all kinds of research, uh, putting the financials together. And then I took a trip back to Winnipeg and uh, John and I went to go speak to a couple banks, speak to a couple of potential investors. Um, we sort of got our seed capital that was enough for us to move forward. So I packed up my fiance and my dog and we drove a U-Haul uh, north of uh, Lake Superior uh, in the middle of winter and uh, w and moved back to Winnipeg. Yeah, so She loved you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, baby, I know you got some court cases and stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's pack up our stuff and drive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know all your family is in Toronto, but I really think we should do, do, make this move so we can, you know, Damn. do this crazy thing. Damn. Well, she she's been she's been amazingly supportive because, um, you know, for for the first couple of years when we were called and we were living together in Toronto, um, she was doing the the job that she really wanted to do, which was, uh, you know, a criminal uh, defense lawyer, and it was kind of her dream job. And it's a it's a very difficult job, so I think she got burnt out a little bit. So it was it was sort of okay. Like I've done the job I've always wanted to do for three years, um, and you've kind of done the job that you liked, but you know wasn't really your dream. Mm -hmm. So how about you know I support you for a couple of years, you do what what you want to do, and um, you know we'll we'll make things work as they happen. So it's 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 been great from from that sense, and yeah, she's been very supportive. That's awesome. That's good. Um, let's talk about roles in the brewery. What are our roles? 
Um, I'm running the the whole back house operation, so kitchen and obviously menu design it falls under mine. Um, Diego is doing front of house managements and overall restaurant operations, and Tim is the administrative side and fills in wherever needed. So oh, as a, <laughs> it's it's many hats in the beginning. I mean, there's there's accounting, there's marketing, there's sales, there's all sorts of things. Um, bottle filling, growler bottle filling, filling <laughs> growler filling. Yeah, hey, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but I mean that. Uh, I mean when you like when when you you own it, you have to like you you can't. There's there's nothing that you should. At least the philosophy that John and I have is there's nothing that you shouldn't do. Like if the the cleaners can't come that night and you need to clean the bathroom, that's that's your job as but the you owner. Own it. It's your place, right? That's right. Like, like if there's yeah, if if there's tables that need bussing, if there's dishes that need washing, if there's growlers that need filling, I mean that's. You 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 spend the extra time there and you do it because that's like that's what you that's what you do and I mean for us like we want to we we don't want anyone to 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 work with us and and see that we're slacking off like we want to we want to make sure everyone sees that we're working just as hard as they are mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, yeah we're we're willing to do whatever it takes to make make it successful I mean we've been doing that for two years now we're not about to change at this point why a brew pub why not just a brewery I'm I'm, I'm assuming since you have these resources here to run you know an actual restaurant you made the you know obviously that was the vision from the start for me obviously the restaurant's a very important part of it food's very important part for me and for what i wanted to do as an entrepreneur um and tim had already done a lot of preliminary research before approaching me about it but you do see better profit margins from a brew pub than you do from a standalone brewery. Mm -hmm. Mind you, there's bigger investments and a lot greater overhead, and there would be the argument that the risk is higher as well. But if you can succeed and be well executed within that concept, you tend to do better on the profit margin side than you would as either a standalone restaurant or a standalone brewery. Right. So again, the the intention from the start was a brew pub. Yep. Intention was from the start was a brew pub. I think it grew into something bigger than we ever thought it would. (laughs) Like the size of it? uh, The size of it. Yeah. And because there's, you have to hit a certain number when you're starting to invest in commercial space and brewing equipments and everything else that the size of the seating within the restaurant makes sense to the amount of beer you're producing and and everything else. So, you know, I think we, we kind of went back forth on a lot of things number wise, either, you know, doing something really small and having a taco stand in there or doing to what we grew into this point. Now there wasn't really a middle ground because I think we were originally thinking 80 seats, but running the numbers on equipment sizing compared to what you need for space for that. And then the seating you get out of that to just, it didn't make a lot of sense. And making that jump to the next level was, uh, was kind of what we ended up deciding to do. It was either that or drastically reduce on on what you're doing for your first little step there. So um, I think in the end, we're very happy with where we're at and we're very, uh, seeing everything come together is, is a really good feeling. And for sure. There's, there's levels of it too, right? Levels absolutely. of you know, every step is, is gratifying, but then there's a new challenge after you reach that and just the positivity from the from the market and people popping their heads in or contacting us on social media and Mm -hmm. you can feel the buzzes around the place already which uh is is really great and it keeps you going on those long days and you know seeing every other craft brewery that's open so far being successful and Mm -hmm. busy and uh, such a positive response from this city it's you know it just makes that uh that juice worth the squeeze in the end. So we're just really looking forward to, to getting the doors open. Sports news, then weather with a few commercials sprinkled in between, then back with more from One Great City here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJO. The beer scene in Winnipeg has exploded in the last year. Winnipeg's brewery count is in double digits, which in my opinion is awesome. 
Obviously, because I love beer, but not so obvious is a major role these breweries will play in boosting the Manitoba economy. Beer is a $2 billion a year industry in Canada alone, and where do you think all that money is currently going? Support local, everyone. I can't say that enough. My conversation continues with one great city brewing company. Right, a lot of times, I get, the question I always get all the time from people is going, there's so many beer places opening up. Like, how many can open up before there's just, you know, the bubble's going to burst? And I'm like, there is no number. There's no number of places that are good. As long as you're brewing good beer, because in general, just like every other city, we consume a lot of beer. And in my opinion, a lot of the beer that you're, I was going to say, that you're forced to drink, like you have to force to drink beer, <laughs> um, are selling it n- no matter what. Now we have a choice to actually know the guys that make it, get a different different varieties and better quality beer in my opinion i'm like well i don't really think there's especially what i think there's what six or seven now so somewhere around that and i mean john and i have we've been asked this question sim- similar to to sort of the, the point you're making and i mean there's 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 two points that, that we always bring up i mean number one there's like you're right winnipeg drinks a lot of beer Lots. and i mean Moving people from the national brands to the local brands is is what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the national brands all moved out of Winnipeg in the last century, and you know this is like you know John and I are are focused on um, quality product, but at the same time we're not looking to gouge people. We're not looking to you know take advantage of our staff. Like it's it's we, we want to you know share our success with them, share our success with Winnipeg, keep our our charity. F- uh, focus local, so it's it's all that kind of stuff that you're not going to get with with the big breweries. So we're and I, I think a lot of other uh, local shops that are opening up are focused the same way. So right. our, our 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 point is kind of you know we're of your community, all of us uh, that are in the craft brewing community. We we didn't move out of Winnipeg like the big breweries did, so we're hoping that you'll support us. We want to support you back. And I mean the other point is. We've never met anyone that, you know, has gone and started drinking craft beer for six months and, you know, has said, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm going to go back to the national brands like the macro breweries. Like it, it just, it doesn't work that way. So it's, 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 it's a progression that only goes one way. Um, so, I mean, our market share, you know, will always get bigger and you see the macro breweries now buying up the, the craft beer because they, they see them buying, right? Well, That's exactly. And, and I mean. They they continue to make some good products sometimes, and you know I'll I'll continue to drink it. But I'm just I'm, um you know I, I I would prefer something that that's made here, and you know I like to support my my friends in the community here, and I think that that's um that that that's a really important focus, and we're just we're hoping that yeah that more people um join join us uh in in the brewing community more places open um winnipeggers get a bigger variety of what's available from their local market uh and eventually you know uh, at some crazy point hopefully everyone will just sort of drink local beer and uh and 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 it will be that mutual support of you know we give back to our community here in manitoba and and manitobans support us let's talk about the beer When's the beer coming out? You guys have brewed, you guys already have the beer out. You brewed your first batches and stuff like that. Let's talk about the types of beer that you guys are, are working on and what, have you decided on your final products, like your signature beers? What's yeah, we, we do have six flagship beers. That's uh, six? six flagship beers. So wow. four have been already brewed at this point. We, we have the recipes for the other two. Um, and again, a great thing about working in this community is, you know, people always help each other. So we actually were able to to go into Torque Brewing and, and brew some of our beers to have our own beer for opening awesome. there. That's where we met. I That's, think that yep. was an awesome yeah. thing. They were the guys that were telling me, hey, you got to talk to these guys. <laughs> Literally, like, pushing it. And, and I those think, are the guys. Here you are. 
you know. You know, a brewer, and they're going to brew beer, and they're brewing it in your place, and, you, you know, you're, you're plugging them as much as you can. It's awesome. Well, and they've all been through the struggle, too, right? Mm-hmm. They know what it's like getting to that opening dates and uh, having delays and everything else. So they've, you know, given their shirts off their back to us, and we can't be more gracious for them or say better things about them. They're awesome neighbors to have. Mm-hmm. and really excited to be working with them so the first four that josh did who is our brewmaster is uh he did a milk stout so milk stout is sort of a english style sweet stout but we're actually doing that one a nitro so you get that nice creamy head coming off of it similar to what you'd see in a guinness mm-hmm. um he also is doing a wit beer so you know kind of his version of the the woody belgian which i see in front of you there <laughs> if i can say that. secrets out now so <laughs> you know what they did for me my daughter likes the woody belgian too so i'll bring beer home I have a downstairs fridge. I'm not drinking beer every day like I would. Like I'd like to. <laughs> but, you know, so I'll, I'll leave it down there. And then by the time I go down there, there's like one left. So John and those guys, they, I'm like, I tell them this. And I go there. And, you know, they, hey, hey, stop by the brewery. They relabeled it a different beer that they knew she wouldn't like. <laughs> so that she would drink my beer. Yeah. Like, oh, I love you guys. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen Kevin in person, this is a very weird story because Kevin looks like he's about 30. So he's talking about having a oh, daughter <laughs> that can drink uh, uh, drink beer. That That's kind of a weird concept for me. But anyways, let's continue. All right, let's do <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other two that we did, we, uh, we did a pale ale. So that's sort of the... Josh, one of Josh's approachable beers, so it's it's got a good flavor profile to it, but it's not overly aggressive in the hops, and it's still something that someone off the street can come in and drink and relate to if they haven't been really exposed to the craft beer market. Oh yeah, almost like an entry level. Exactly kind of right. So the and then you beers. kind of build your taste up, and then he did an extra special bitter, uh, an ESB as well. So that's a, a more malty style uh, English pale ale again. That's that he did there. So. Um, it's got a good yeast characteristic to it as well. So a lot of, a lot of good flavors going on in there. And then a double IPA, um, is something that we'll be doing next. And that's your really, you know, bright, it'll be West coast style. So a lot of citrus hops going on in there. And that's the more, uh, higher alcohol, higher bitterness type of beer for the, the more seasoned craft beer drinkers. And then, uh, just a blonde ale, which is, you know, your easy drinking lighter beer that's can put back about eight of them on the deck at the patio or <laughs> the deck of the patio and uh you know feel the sun on your shoulders and have a great day so it's awesome um do you guys have names for the beers uh some of them we do uh the other That's ones are, are, process, are kind of a, right? a work in progress i mean i think we're we suffer from the thing where we all think too much about the names or really we should just you know not put that much thought on it and let it happen so the the milk stout we have is the the tipsy cow um and and that one we debuted at flatlanders last year and then we did the pale ale as well which uh we called the monkey trail because that's kind of what the the bike paths were around winnipeg and if we move into vancouver and toronto we found that that was you know a unique winnipeg thing where the monkey trails are only here but and we're like, yeah, we have two animal name for beers now, so we <laughs> but it rhymes. We got to be careful. Trail, pale ale. It does rhyme. It's good names, but uh, no more animal names coming out. So, <laughs> so you have to name four more. Yeah, we have to name four more, and then uh, at any given time, once we get up to production, we want to have ten of our own on taps. Yep. So those will be involved with our pilot system and hang on, doing. Hang on. How many taps are you guys gonna have? Going twelve. On? So 12 we're gonna have twelve taps. So okay. ten of our own, and then we'll have two that rotate. Uh, throughout local craft breweries so when we're first opening we're just gonna have four until we build our production and then we'll have all other local breweries on our taps as well until we get to that point so and we're hoping i mean long term we're 
you know, we, we talked earlier about the location, but we're very happy to be in St. James because there's so many other breweries in St. James. So, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're mostly focused on external distribution. We're mostly focused on our sales in house. So, um, you know, it's, it's great because we can do things like, uh, have, you know, those test batch, uh, cask wars, uh, in, in our location and we can sort of I involve part of craft beer. Well, the, and, and that's the you know thing. We can involve that's all it. the other yeah. breweries in the neighborhood. So, I mean, it's 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 great for that reason to to have that location because, um, you know, we can vol- involve all of our neighbors in it, and um, you know, we can we we can have fun like that. So, yes, I literally could talk about beer all day. Combine the fact that it's great beer brewed right here in Winnipeg, I could talk for weeks. So, after this short break, we're going to return with more from the main ingredient and continue talking with one great city brewing company here on six eighty CJOB. Yes, I've been talking so much about beer with the boys from One Great City, I forgot they make awesome food. And not like your typical pub food, but like good food, healthy food, great tasting healthy food. You're going to love it. Um, Of course, we're talking about beer. Let's talk about the food. Yeah. So usually when people think of a brew pub, they're thinking of, you know, just food has changed in a lot of ways. Um, People know more about food. They expect more uh, good food. They... um, expect better ingredients that kind of stuff so where are you guys going with the the beer and food absolutely and and i think one of the things you know tim and i noticed from both vancouver and toronto even in the successful brew pub scene is usually you either have good beer or good food but it was hard to find a place with both so um the way we approach it is there's there's no shortcomings there's no one thing that's a higher priority than the other so your food has to be as good as the beer if and vice versa. If you leave thinking you liked one better than the other, then we failed on one side. Mm-hmm. So um, it is a gastropub style menu. So it is designed to be have familiar aspects. So everybody uh, knows what's going on on the menu. It's not overly intimidating. It's something everybody understands, but it's done at a high level. So we source local as much as we can. Everything's done the right way, which is usually the long and stupid way. Um, and and we've invested love it in the end, right? it, absolutely. And we've invested in the equipment to try and make ourselves successful for that. And uh, the food will be a very important part of it. It's a very important part for me. It's you know almost says I feel a piece of me goes out with every one of my dish. So mm-hmm. if it's uh, if it's not done right, then it's not something that's going to leave the kitchen. Gotcha. So. Have, you, have you guys created the menu yet? Yeah, the menu has been created for a while. We, uh, you know, sort of started off serving investors and in, in my kitchen and <laughs> as, as well as a few other places and, and cooking a few dishes for them. And I think when Tim first moved back here, you know, I would be in the kitchen while he was kind of working away on the computer and sourcing capital. And that was sort of how our ideas would go for that time. So it's, uh, it was something that's been done for quite a while, and now we're, you know, in the final stages. We're training staff, and we had a, a few days in the test kitchen, uh, I believe, last week with some of my staff that's starting up there, and little tweaks here or there, but it's it's, uh, it's pretty much at the 90 percentile at this point. So, gotcha. Are you hiring front end staff? Have you guys gotten into that point yet? Uh, at this point, we're pretty much all hired up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we already started uh, some of our training. Uh, Torque was very gracious to uh, host us. Uh, one day there to start talking about beer with our brewmaster and uh, do a little brewery tour uh, so we get the, the staff uh, learning a little bit about the brewing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's going to be a big question for front of the, you know what I mean? Like people are going to ask questions about the beer itself, what kind of beer, how it's <coughs> brewed, who brews it. You guys are bringing them up to speed and training them on that as well, yeah? Definitely, yeah. That's something that uh, we want to get everybody that's uh, working to be uh, very knowledgeable about. 
uh, or brewery is basically exposed. Um, it, it's all glass enclosed, so uh, people are going to... The tanks are You guys got the tanks? Uh, some of them. <laughs> uh, <Not> the tanks. <laughs> uh, our bright tanks are in place. Uh, the fermenters and the, and the brew kettle and stuff uh, well, are going to be... There, it's going to be... Yeah, that's, a, that's awesome. It yeah. looks good, eh? And then, yeah, so they're shipping soon from BC. Uh, but yeah, like having the, the brewery uh, glass enclosed uh, where people can see it uh, at all times, um, they're going to be asking questions mm-hmm. and uh, or staffing to know the answers to those. Right. Um, you know, just being in the business, uh, if you don't know the answer to a question, it, it kind of sounds bad, right? Totally. So uh, we're going to be uh, touching on that, uh, the training aspect uh, quite heavily uh, once we are in, uh, we can bring the staff into the location. Um, as well as all, all other sorts of training with food and, uh, you know, cocktails and wine and uh, all other aspects of the business. Because uh, as John said, like the experience has to be complete, um, you know, in all uh, all aspects. So uh, training is going to be very important. Um, and yeah, at this point, so the staff is pretty much all hired uh, for front of the house and uh, for the kitchen. Uh, we're still looking for a few positions to fill in the in the back. Okay, you know what? We're going to in wrapping up. We're going to talk about um, or give people some basic information about where you guys are located, when you anticipate you're going to be open. <laughs> generally, you know, uh, you know, and, and maybe what your long term goals are, what what your focus is going to be on, and you know, just some basic stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think at this point, um, depending on when we air this, but uh, I think it'd be safe to say that we'll be we'll be open to the general public for June, like yep. at the at the latest. At this point, uh, we have some of our final inspections happening this week and early next week. So as long as those uh, all go good as they should, then we'll be looking at doing a soft opening shortly after that. So. Um, we are going to be located in Madison Square, right in the Polo Park area. So, which I think is a great location, parking wise. Again, when once after nine o'clock, like of course you, you know it's going to be busy, uh, a lot of parking there. But after nine o'clock, when everything starts to close in there, and you're getting, you know, you're you're, you're like the only business that's open there is just crap loads of parking. We will, be, and even the bank shuts down. I think at six every day, except oh, for Thursday crazy. or something. So yeah. it's it, it opens up usually right after then. And uh, and there's lots of parking around, so we're uh, we're happy. But it's a good spot to be in. It's a busy spot. It's great exposure with both the LC and Safeway being there as well. Mm-hmm. Little Pizza Heaven's actually opening up right in the complex as well. So Have you guys had Little Pizza Heaven? Yeah, they had their soft opening last night, so I went and checked them out. So they've got great uh, pizza. good pizza. Yeah, yeah so. we ordered it like at work one time. We ordered off skip the dishes. I thought it was fast, phenomenal pizza. We're happy to have them in the complex. It brings more people in there, going after a good product, a good local product. So right. it's. Uh, I think we'll have a, a great relationship with those guys. We we seem to Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we seem to value the same things. So yeah, we're happy to have them as close neighbors. And yeah, we're just we're excited to be here for the summer and get the doors open and uh, start serving some people some great beer and food. I can't believe you guys are gonna. Like, you, we've been talking about soft openings. And it's a soft opening right at the beginning of summer in Winnipeg. Like yeah, in it's, Winnipeg they get out. Right, we've been hibernating for winter, and they're gonna once they know. We're gonna be overwhelmed, I'm sure, at a, at a certain point. But see, we we take the time to do the pre-training for the staff, as Diego was saying. You know, with Torque, and even we were at Deluca's doing wine training um, last week as well. So it's it, it, people aren't gonna get caught running. So it's it's something that the learning curve will be very short. Mm-hmm. From, the way that we've designed it and uh, we've tried to make it a system that's responsive so we can adapt quite easily if we see problems and uh, address those in the immediate. Yeah. Lay down the groundwork and the people will come in and 
those were the notes you just left out. And nothing always goes as planned. You always got to be able to figure it out. It's kind of on the on the fly, and that's you know something Tim and I have been able to do since this whole process because there's been <laughs> a lot of unforeseen obstacles that we've we've tackled, and you know it's been great having a business partner that is a. Uh, an opposite set of strengths of, than what you do because, you know, we don't fight about the same thing because right. we each have an area of expertise and wherever we're not, uh, we're not strong in the other one is. So it's, it's been a great balance and someone good to bounce things off, but it's, you know, neither of us have ever thrown in the towel or said, we're going to quit. We always push each other and too late now. So it's too yeah. late now. Yeah. It's been too late for a while. So it's, uh, <laughs> I believe the term is but pot committed. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. But I think if either of us were ever doing this on our own, we probably would have, you know, torn it up in the first three months and <laughs> stopped looking for, stopped looking for answers. But, uh, yeah, neither of us ever, we always relied on the other one to keep us going. And, uh, it's, it's, been that way since day one and it'll continue to be that way because at the end of the day we want to grow we don't want to stop at just madison square we'd like to be in a few other areas of the city and that's our ultimate goal i think it's gonna be great let's you guys when you after you open a couple months a few months after the summer let's get back together again and talk about how the summer went absolutely how it's going uh, we'll do see, it over dinner next time yeah <laughs> I, I might adopt your hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, like this is not working for me. So, thanks, boys. Thank, Thank you, you, Kevin. That was awesome. That was Tim, John, and Diego from One Great City Brewing, open now at fifteen ninety six Ness Avenue in St. James. So next weekend is Canada One Fifty, a big party, no doubt. So if you don't know already, the rooftop patio series continues at the Met Friday, June thirtieth, with the All White Affair. Guests are encouraged to sport their best white outfits while enjoying beer from Torque Brewing and listening to music from one of Winnipeg's top DJs. The next day, July 1st, Canada Day evening celebration, is happening at Prairie 360 with the introduction of their new menu with food tasting, live music, a signature 150 cocktail while you watch the fireworks from the best view in the city. Tickets for the all-white party can be purchased on Eventbrite and for Prairie 360's Canada 150 celebration on prairie360.ca. You can also win tickets at kevinbergen.com. Thanks for listening to The Main Ingredient today here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.